chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Welcome to the Wild West Showdown, folks. We've got a great show for you today. A little bit later, we're going to be visiting with cowboy poet, Smokey Culver. Right now, I want to talk to you about something that's been bothering me. You've heard me in the past fussing about the publishing companies making it hard on authors. Let me tell you what I discovered on Facebook just the other day. I found a couple of publishers, and you have to ask them for their website address, and you have to ask them for their phone number. Are they not wanting to sign and, and meet new authors? If I can't get to your website from Facebook, then I probably won't ask for that information. If you want to help authors, then help. Don't make it hard. Don't make it complicated. I want to say now the only reason you can't click on Outlaw's publishing link on Facebook is because Facebook, for some reason, has blocked all our website addresses and all of our emails. But the bottom line here is Outlaw's Publishing and its subsidiaries are here to help and not hinder all authors who ask for help. And you don't necessarily have to sign with us. We're here to help. Outlaw's Publishing is willing to go the extra mile, so to speak, to help the author, help the singer, the poet, anyone that has a talent that they want to share with others. And listen to this. The old cowboy is willing to talk to anyone, either on Facebook, in an email, or, hey, I'll even talk to you on the phone, which I really prefer because I'm not too good talking with my fingers. How do you get my phone number, you're asking? Well, I'm going to give it to you right now. Well, I'm going to wait till you get that pencil and paper that I'm always telling you to keep handy during the Wild West Showdown. If you don't have it now, jump up and get it. You got it yet? My cell phone number is 214-463-7678. That's 214-463-7678. Give me a call or send me an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. If you haven't heard yet, we got a new venue that needs your help. Outlaws Publishing is branching out with a digital magazine called the Outlaws Echo. We need short stories, we need poems, tall tales, jokes, riddles, anything that you want to share with others. Send it to us at jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. By the way, the web address for that new magazine is www.theoutlawsecho.com. Right on over there and take a look. And leave us a comment. Let us know that you visited. Let us know what you think about it. Now let's listen to some good music. This young man has got a great sound. This is Bob Corley singing, She's Got My Dog. She's got my dog. I'm all tore up inside When I walked away She made him stay She's got my dog You can keep the jewelry All the roses too They're probably dead by now Like my love is for you Keep all the memories They mean nothing to me 
take all my stuff, but that's not enough. There's one thing I need. She's got my dog. And I'm all tore up inside. When I walked away, she made him stay. She's got my dog. In my pickup truck I could talk with my best friend When I was down on my luck But my truck seat's empty now And you're stuck with her But I'll get you back Cause I stole her cat That's one thing for sure She's got my dog And I'm all tore up inside When I walked away She made him stay She's got my dog Now I've got you back She's got her cat, and I've got my dog. Yeah, I've got you back. She's got her cat, and I've got my dog. Now, wasn't that great? You know, there's one thing that would cause you to enjoy listening to the music on the Wild West Showdown more than that. That would be to hear your voice coming across the air. How about sending an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. Let us know that you want to sing on the Wild West Showdown. I bet you we can make it happen. I think you know how passionate I am about helping authors. I talk to a lot of authors who have books already published. And when I check their Amazon page, there's very little information there. And the majority of their books are in the 7 and 8 million in Amazon sellers. Why is this? It's because so many, and I don't mean to sound like a know-it-all because I don't know a whole lot, but many of the folks are uneducated about the book business. Many, if not all, have wrote a story. They've got a publisher if they aren't self-published. And I know how proud they are when they hold that first book in their hand with their name on it as an author. It's a fantastic feeling. Then it sits there on Amazon and nobody buys it, not even one copy. What did I do wrong, they may ask. They become more and more discouraged each day. They might even consider quitting. They might even say, why did I start this in the first place? Nobody's reading my book. You know, there's millions of authors writing books, and we got to compete with each one of them. How do we make our books a bestseller? The answer to that is publicity. And if you do the publicity for your book to reach into that coveted bestseller list, you're going to spend countless hours, and it'll rob you of being able to spend time writing is what you want to do. Writing's what you love to do. Then what do I do, you ask me? You search for somebody to do the publicity for you. But listen, and let me repeat that. Listen, it ain't cheap unless you find a publisher that'll do this for you. The problem is that most small publishers or the vanity press folks that take your money and then want more money, they don't do any publicity for you. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Not all publishers fall into this bad group. There's probably more good publishers that I know about 
out there. However, you got to do your homework. You got to search for that one who's willing to help you. Of course, I can keep you from doing all that searching and recommend a publisher that does all these things for you, yeah? <laughs> you guessed it, it's Outlaws Publishing. Don't take my word for it. Check us out on the internet. Talk to some of Outlaws' authors. Ask them the hard questions. Even if you don't sign with Outlaws, continue to do your research. Don't jump into something that you're going to regret for a long time. Let me emphasize again, do your research. Do your research before you sign a contract with any publisher. Now let's visit with Smokey Culver, the cowboy poet. You know, this is one of the first shows where I didn't feel like it was an interview. Felt like Smokey and I was just visiting with one another. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. We want to welcome to the Wild West Showdown today, cowboy poet and winner of many awards, Smokey Culver. Welcome, Smokey. Thank you, sir. What do you do for a living, Smokey? You're not a full-time poet, are you? No, uh, you know, I wish I was, but uh, I, I got it. Uh, actually, I retired from the railroad. I was a locomotive engineer, and okay. I retired, and now I do mostly expert witness work all over the country. I'm a, a safety consultant, and I testify in railroad uh, litigation all over the place. And when I'm not doing that, I got a little gig out of Habitat uh, for Horses Rescue Ranch, where we rescue horses, and, and that keeps me kind of out there with the livestock. I've always had a thing for cows and horses, and I work with lawyers most of the time and horses the rest of the time, so that's uh, kind of what I do now. Horses are very, uh, very good to deal with. Lawyers, I wouldn't uh... I wouldn't think so. <laughs> you know, that, that's what I, I say. I'd rather work with this kind of jackass than that kind of there jackass. There you go. I, well, I didn't want to put it that way. <laughs> well, that's exactly the way I look. Yeah. <laughs> I tell most of those lawyers that, too. Yeah. But they pay the bills around here, so I can't complain well, too much that's, about that's them. That's true. How many poems do you think you have? I've got probably 400, and a lot of those, not, not the majority, but a lot of those are tributes that I write. Someone may lose a loved one or a pet or something. They'll say, hey, can you write me a little poetic tribute to kind of ease the pain? And I, I do a lot of those. I've written so many for folks who've lost someone or, or, you know, lost a puppy or something like that. And I write them a little tribute for that. I write a lot of cowboy poetry and stuff about different things, you know, country folks and farms and, and rural stuff like that. So that's kind of, kind of what it's all about. But I got, I'd say around 400 so far. You're a member of the Western Music Association and the Western Wordsmiths chapter. Uh, yeah, we, uh, in fact, I just competed in the uh, uh, Cowboy Poetry Jackpot out there in Albuquerque in November yeah. and, uh, that they put on. That was a, quite an event. There were several days out there and, and uh, some really big names and, and uh, rubbing shoulders with some of the some of the best out there. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the groups that, that I participate with. All right. You won a couple of contests or something? Yeah, um, you know what, I'm going to send you my, I've got a little uh, background page here, let's see if I can find it, I'll just send you a copy of it, because this kind of outlines my my uh, things that I've done, you know, and, and I'll shoot you a copy of that. I so. think I've got it already here. Okay, so it got my hands, the picture's standing up with a well, yeah, but I didn't, brown. I, I didn't copy a picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Smokey Culver, Culver? Culver, I'll get it right in a minute. Smokey Culver grew up in Pasadena in southeast Texas. He's a member of the Academy. That's, that's yeah. it? Okay. And then yeah, that's it, yeah. And then you're born in Baytown, Texas. Grew up in Pasadena yep. and so forth. Okay. Poems, yeah, are both, yeah. poems are both happy and sad. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, I, I didn't realize. I didn't know if I sent you there or not. I was, no, you I, didn't. I, I, comp- I copied it off your page or off of something. Oh, okay. I, oh, I, 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 do a, I do a little bit of research, not a whole lot before I start talking. Well, you <laughs> do some pretty pretty good detective work. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been writing poetry? I guess I started back in high school, but I never got into it really with uh, any kind of a motivation until, I'd say, maybe about three years ago. First yeah. cowboy poem I wrote was... was uh, Big Bubba, the Harley Cowboy. That was kind of what got me started. And I thought, darn, I, you know, I got a little background with livestock and horses and cows and rodeos, and maybe I can do this. So just went from there and uh, just wrote. I, I write one or two a day sometimes, and sometimes a week goes by, I don't write one, but uh, I just write it when they come. So what, what age was you when you started getting serious about it? I'm 66 now, so I'd say I was probably 63 when I really got, uh, about three years ago when I really started getting into it. I hear that from a lot of people. I've been doing it all my life, but I really didn't start doing it until age. How come you waited so long? <laughs> I guess you got to have that life experience to, like my consulting business. You know, I, there's a lot of young guys out there that can really talk about trains and handling things like that, but they don't have the years behind them to back them up in the courtroom, you know, so that's what gives me an advantage. Yeah. I guess life experience is worth a whole lot. Yeah. Has there ever been a time that you couldn't write poetry? Sometimes I'll get stuck on a, a verse or something, and I'll turn, I'll walk away for a little while. I'll come back. It may be a day or two, or maybe ten minutes, but I never seem to get to a point where I, I just get bogged down and can't do it. I can, if I can't write one in about 15, 20 minutes, I'll, I'll take a break, go get some coffee, come back and finish it up. In fact, I just wrote one this morning, and I'd say, I, well, I woke up about 3 o'clock this morning and thought of this poem, and I wrote down the title and went back to bed, and I got to came here just now, and I guess I've been, maybe I spent 20 minutes putting it all together, but I got it, just finished it, so that's pretty much, if I can't write one in within 20 minutes, I'll, I'll walk away for a little bit and get back, but I never have just got a writer's block or anything like that, because I mean, I always come up with something. Ain't it fun? It is great, it is great. <laughs> when people know you can do that, and they call on you for that, yeah. and uh, I've had a lot of, yeah, a lot of times, a memorial service or a birthday or a yeah. retirement, something like that. And, and uh, I'm so happy that people come to me and ask me to do that because yeah. that's just you know, that's what, what I do. I, and I love to do it. Okay. You write songs. Do you sing also? I do. Uh, I've not really pursued a singing career, but um, I've written, oh, golly, I've written quite a few over the years. And uh, you know, I've got a couple of them that I'm, I'm thinking about passing out to somebody to, to get them to try to record. I don't, I don't have a band or anything. I just play my guitar. And gotcha. We used to do the open mic down here when they had a little coffee shop and they closed down. We don't do it anymore, but uh, I enjoyed that. I'd go out there and do a lot of my original stuff, you know, and, and things and don't really have any way to get it out there now. So If it ain't going no more, you go down there and get it started again. There you go, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, so. it, it's like old Larry the Cable Guy says, get her done. Get her done, and that's it, right. And it that's ain't right. going to get done unless you do it. You, that you, is for you're sure. Old, you're that old is. enough to know that. <laughs> I have learned that through the school of hard knocks, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I want you to recite that poem that you wrote this morning, if you care to do that. Well, I've got it right here in front of me. Let me, uh, right. <laughs> matter of fact, I'm formatting it as we speak. It's, and I hadn't even showed it to my wife yet. She's my critic who says that's, that's good or that's bad, but it's called Butts. <laughs> okay. They what? come in every color, every size, and every shape. They're every bit as loyal and as true. Is any dog with miles of pedigree behind their name, and all they want is just to be with you. I'm talking about that silly mutt with big old floppy ears, the one that jumps with joy each time you meet. And you don't care that he's a mix of many doggy breeds, because his place in life is at your feet. He may not have a wall of trophies for the best in show. He may not look as stately as the ones who prance around the ring and hold their head up in the air 
but chasing sticks for him is lots of fun. And he'll be your companion till the day he leaves this world. His place will be beside you to the end. He asks for nothing in return. You're everything he needs. He surely earned the title man's best friend. So when you look down at him, you know that he is the best that ever slipped another doggy's butt. He's happy as can be just knowing he is, that he is your pal. No, they like him. Got to love them much. It woke you up at 3 o'clock this morning, you said. Yeah, I was just thinking about because I got I got a mud. You know what I'm saying? Now I, write a song about, I write a lot about dogs, a lot of poems about dogs and horses and things like that. I hadn't written one about butts yet, so <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> you got a pretty good story to tell, looks like. said you, you lost a bunch of money on a book deal. Oh, my goodness. You know, that was the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, I got suckered into this. Uh, th this guy has a Facebook page. He has like a half million followers, and uh, I was ready to publish a book, which I've got two up. One about to come out now, but I was I was ready to publish my first book, and uh, this guy uh, somehow we hooked up. My I, he said I'm a publisher, and I will get you so many sales on this book, you won't know what to do with all the money. And we're going to time it just right for Christmas, this and that and the other. And I thought, wow, I can't pass that up. And this guy's got. You know, a million people following him around. He'll have, he'll have. This would be great. So I sent him thirty four hundred dollars to uh, pay for the printing and everything. And uh, didn't know at the time that you could publish a book without spending all that money. Yeah. And uh, he he took my money and uh, and that was the end of it. I mean, I uh, he keeps promising to send me some of it back little by little and this and that and the other. I said, well, you know, I'm I'm waiting, uh, but it's just one of those lessons in life that you learn. Uh, I did hook up with a, a reputable publisher, and, and I've got, like I said, i got one book out there, and another one is about ready to come out pretty quick now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we learned uh, if I had all the money back that I had thrown away, you know, like that, I'd, I'd be in pretty good shape right now. But we yeah. just we learned from our mistakes, you know. I, I hear that story so many times, and that's why I started a publishing company. I'm, I'm, you know, these people need to be hung up around the neck or other other parts of the body. Or other parts, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that's so true. <laughs> uh, I, I'm first good rope for that, too. <laughs> we want to thank you, Smokey, for being guest on the Wild West Showdown today, and I want to give a special invitation to you from one old cowboy to another to come back and visit any time. Well, I appreciate that, J.C., and I, I've not met you in person, but I can tell by listening to you, you're one of my kind of people, so... <laughs> So I think this is this is just great. I really appreciate it. All right, Ted. We'll talk at you later, okay? Thank you, sir. Have a good one. I'm not a drinker of alcoholic beverages. I never was. But a lot of folks are. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about beer and saloons in the Wild West. It seems everything I talk about I reference Hollywood. I reckon that's because, in my opinion, Hollywood sets many of the standards in American culture. How many Western movies or TV shows have you watched the cowboy ride into town and head straight for the saloon? He dusts his clothes and hat a bit, then walks through the swinging doors, bellies up to the bar. Give me a beer, he says, then coughs a little. Sure was a dusty trip. He picks up the beer and slugs it back. What was this elixir they called beer in the Wild West? Saloon served up volumes of beer, but in those days the beer was never ice cold. It was usually served at 55 to 65 degrees. Though the beer had a head on it, it wasn't as sudsy as it is today. Patrons had to slug it back in a hurry before it got too warm or too flat. It wasn't until the 1880s that Adolphus Bush introduced artificial refrigeration and pasteurization to the U.S. brewing process. 
Some saloons had ice houses or cellars where they'd store huge blocks of ice cut from a nearby lake. Now what did these gentlemen do while drinking their lukewarm beer? In almost every mining camp, every prairie town, a poker table could be found in each saloon surrounded by prospectors, lawmen, cowboys, railroad workers, soldiers, and outlaws for a chance to tempt fortune and fate. Professional gamblers such as Doc Holliday and Wild Bill Heacock learned early to hone their six-shooter skills at the same pace as their gambling abilities. Eventually, there was every type of saloon that one could imagine. There were gambling saloons, restaurant saloons, billiard saloons, dance hall saloons, and of course the ever-present plain old-fashioned just-drinking saloons. They took on names such as First Chance Saloon in Miles City, the Bull's Head in Abilene, Kansas, and the Holy Moses in Creed, Colorado. In many of the more populated settlements, these saloons never closed, catering to the ever-present patron 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Some didn't even bother to have a front door that would close. Recently, archaeologists uncovered a recipe for beer from the 1800s. They researched the recipe for the drink and brewed up a limited edition supply. They said it's actually pretty refreshing. I wonder if they served it lukewarm. Last week we enjoyed a young lady singing, Miss Aspen Black. Well, she sent me a poem that she did, and she finished in the top five finalists, and she was the only female in the finalists for the 2015 WMA Poetry CD of the Year. This poem, Lusk, was inspired by a trip she took with her dad to look for a job. Let's listen to her recite Lusk. Lusk, sitting in the shadows in Lusk, Wyoming, propped up against the rear truck tire, wrapped in a blanket guitar underneath, strumming to an unlit fire. Way off in the dark, the coyotes were singing up close, the crickets' lonesome din. And I was just listening, searching for words, looking for a way to fit in. Across the Mississippi where it's narrow and starts on its southerly flow, went through the Badlands, hills stretched out of sight, memories like ash on gray snow. Headed up to Leadville, the peak rose skyward and sun retired for the night. Two dreamland gypsies, Ford truck for a bed, frozen in morning's first light. Tying up our duffels, we drove on westward until the clouds became a blur. Then we pulled off here in this windswept place, listening to worn truck tires whir. Stars upon a canvas, black silk and diamonds, like God had painted each one there. Eyes closed in reverence, I unchained my heart, sobbing while the wind led my prayer. Silhouettes of mountains, both jagged and smooth, the moon shining down on my fear. I vowed that night, though I'd drive with the dawn, somehow I'd always stay here. Now I'm back at home, my pen and notebook, eight days, seven states east of Lusk. I find my shadow still raw from the wind, coyotes still howl in the dusk crazy, but I never found what I came for. No land, no job to take, no song. 
But standing here now, the picture's so clear, I know that my dreams weren't all wrong. So here's to wind and crickets in Lusk, Wyoming, where coyotes raise eyes to the moon, stars light the mountains and highways drone on. Tell my heart I'm coming back soon. That was great, Aspen. I don't understand why you didn't win first place. Now, you know you could get your poetry played on the Wild West Showdown. All you have to do is send it to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. We want to thank Aspen Black for that poetry. Thanks to Bob Corley for singing about She's Got My Dog. And a special thanks to Smokey Culver, the cowboy poet, for being our special guest on the Wild West Showdown. Now, how about some of that cowboy wisdom? You know, timing has a lot to do with the outcome of a rain dance. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey. 